Beloved in Jesus Christ our Lord, this Sunday was an ex- and this weekend an exciting weekend liturgically for me. Uh, Saturday morning we had a beautiful liturgy for the parents of the John the Baptist, Joachim and or excuse me, Zachariah and Elizabeth. It's nice to recall the parents of the men or the women of great events. Without parents. There's no Theotokos. Without parents, there's no John the Baptist. So we honor the parents. The Theotokos, of course, Anna and Joachim. But then today, today we celebrate the miracle of St. Michael the Archangel, a miracle that he performed in a cave. And we have a parishioner brought, got us some relics, some stones actually, from the cave where St. Michael appeared and saved the people from the plunging of the water. So it's a wonderful weekend of of saints in our midst, a reminder that they are in our midst. These last few Sundays have been the wake-up call Sundays. We've been talking about many things and finally ending up with get your house in order. Wake up. We don't know the hour or the day when the Lord comes, but we know He will come. And we will either be alive to see the second coming, or we will await the second coming on the other side of the Jordan. After we've reposed and we await the coming then. But we are assured, both in a way that's exciting for us and a way that's frightening for us, that He will come to raise us all from the dead, and then to judge us. And so last Sunday, we had a gospel, a parable that Jesus gave us, where essentially he's firing a warning shot across our bow. Originally, it was intended for the Jewish people, for the leaders in particular. You remember the story of the vineyard, and how in the vineyard, there was a, a man, farmer who had a vineyard. He planted the vines. He put the, the fin, the, the, built a wall around it, a tower, and went away and, and left it in charge of others who were supposed to give him grapes at vintage time. And we remember what happened at the end. Well, this week we have a similar one in that there are some parallels between the two. Jesus is firing another warning shot across not just the bows of the people there, the Jewish leaders, but now for you and for I, for those who would come after. So we see some parallels. In the last Sunday, it was, there was a, a, an owner of a vineyard who planted vines. And here we hear about a king who is going to have a wedding for his son. Last week, we heard about the... the When it was vintage time, the owner of the vineyard sent out servants. And here we hear about when the wedding day is arrived, the king sends out his servants. Last week, we heard that when the servants went out, that they were ignored and and they were killed and stoned. And here, today, this Sunday, we hear that when the king sent his servants out, they were ignored and they were killed. Last Sunday, we hear what happened to those 
that did not give the grapes at vintage time. The vineyard was taken away from them. This Sunday we hear that what happens to those who killed the servants who sent to announce the wedding? He killed them all and burnt their city. In the parable, Jesus has elevated the reality, requirement of us, the demands of us. Last week he said that this vineyard is going to be taken away and given to a nation that will produce the fruits of it. And in our parable today, we hear who receives the fruits of that, who's going to receive the vineyard. But Jesus changes the story. He elevates it in our relationship. And he says that the king is going to have a wedding for his son. And we know this parable is ultimately about Jesus, the God the Father and the Son and the wedding feast of the Lamb. Last week, it was the relationship of God and servant. But this week, he's starting to elevate us to our thinking that this new nation is no longer going to be thought of as servants, but as Brides to the bridegroom. St. John the Baptist will point to this when he says, Behold the bridegroom. Now in our parable today, the king, when those that were invited did not come, he sent his servants out to invite everybody. So after the time from the Christ event on, Salvation was open to everybody, not just the select, not just the few, but everybody. It was open to the bad as well as the good. All were invited to come. And when the king came into the banquet hall, after this marriage, and he found one that was not properly dressed. Now, some of the fathers will speak that when, in those days, when you're invited to a wedding, it was the responsibility of the wedding, of the party, of giving the wedding, to provide the garments for people. So, if this man came in, he either had it with him and brought it, and did not put it on, or took it off. In either case, according to St. Gregory the Diologist, he rejected the invitation. You and I have been invited to the wedding feast. This notion of marriage God has used in his spousal relationship since calling of, of Abraham. And we hear particularly in, in the prophecies of Isaiah saying, I am going to espouse you to me. You're going to be my bride to the people. When he reprimands them, he uses the prophet Hosea to reprimand them with. But in Holy Week, on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of Holy Week, we have the bridegroom's mountains. And in this, we reflect on the fact that we need to be prepared to meet the bridegroom. We are the bride. And St. Paul will reaffirm this for us. 
And we are awaiting the bridegroom to come. He has invited us. And we've all accepted the invitation. But we have to be aware that the fact that even though we've accepted the invitation, we may very well find in our hearts that we've dismissed the invitation. We've despised it, as Gregory the dialogist would say again. Woe to the man that despises the invitation, or once accepted, turns it away. And of course, the despising is referring to our own sinful inclinations. Our own tendencies to choose and pick and choose what we want, what we think is required for salvation. In my own relativistic point of view of my faith. We're called to live in the manner of the gospel that Christ has called us to in the gospel. And as I said, there's no options. That's what we have to do. It's what we're called to do. It's what love demands of us. And in our marital relationship, every week we come and we consummate that marriage in the Holy Eucharist. The two becoming one flesh in the body and blood of Christ. But we have the power and the free will to choose to walk away. And it's so easy. And we can justify ourselves. We're so slick at our justifications, it's frightening. But we're called to be sober and reflect on who we are, who we have been called to be. Men and women in love with God Desiring the two become one flesh, and out of that union becomes fruitfulness, new life, a new life of ourselves in God. We become a new creation. That's what we're called to. But we have to be careful. And we've been warned by our Lord in this parable that yes, there's going to be bad and good in the church. Just like he talks about the wheat and the weeds. Let them grow together. But then he will come and he will separate the wheat from the weeds. He will come into the banquet hall and separate those who are invited and those who of their own accord choose to walk away. It's so easy to be a Judas it doesn't take any effort at all. It feels good because the devil will tantalize us. It'll make us feel like we're doing the right thing when in reality we're going against what Christ has called us to be and called us to do. The king has invited us to the wedding banquet. But we notice in this wedding banquet in the parable, we don't hear any word of the bride. Because that bride is us. And we are called to that wedding, to be one in Christ. So as those who have gathered around the table of our Lord, let us be attentive to our souls. Be attentive to our lives. Make the changes as they need to be changed. And align our hearts and our minds to that of God.
And then we will celebrate with Him at the wedding feast of the Lamb when He comes. And the burning of the cities will not be our city, the everlasting city, but the city of those who chose to walk away. The city of those who chose not to accept the invitation and the city of those who chose to accept it and then deny it. Theirs will be burned. And there will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. One of the wonderful things about being at a wedding is going and sharing with others what the wedding was like, how beautiful it was, the beauty of the bride and the groom and the joy that was there. That's the joy we're to have. As Christians, that joy of a bright future, great hope, set firm in Christ. And then we are called to go out and share it with others. Because they need to know. They need to have an opportunity like you have an opportunity to participate in the wedding and to feel the intimate love that Christ has for them. So let us do our part. In joy and love, let us share the good news. Let us invite them to the wedding banquet, that they too may experience the union of Christ with themselves and become a new creation, one in God the Father. Glory to Jesus Christ. Always being doing these things. It keeps our mind focused where we're heading and uh, keeps us centered. As there's a whole lot of stuff I know we're reading that gets us all agitated and all worked up into a ladder. And then we're left, you know, just as process. When we started, we gained nothing and lost everything. Because the time we could have used, that could have been spent in prayer and developing a relationship with our Lord. Because when we're in, when we're done, He's not going to ask you. How many news articles did you read? How in depth did you go into that? He's going to ask you, did you love? Did you love with the love that I loved you with? Did you forgive with the forgiveness I forgave you to forgive with? That's what we're going to be calling the carpet for. It's good to learn all these things, but if we don't put them into our heart and put Christ first, we're missing the boat. Because this time now, is we're experiencing a little bit of heaven on earth right now with this divine liturgy. And this earth, this world that we're living in, is not meant to be a waste where we sit idly awaiting. But everything we do is to form us into Christ. Everything we do is to form us into Christ. And if you find yourself doing something that is not conforming you to Christ, then we need to stop. And change direction, have a metanoia. And take the path that leads us to Christ that builds us up. And read those things that build up one another, not tear one another down. Build one another up in Christ's sake, all for sake. So let us do that. Let us be true Christians. Not pick and choose Christians, but true Christians. That's what we're going to be called. We're going to be called on how well you love. Because that's the only thing you're going to take across your heart, a heart filled with love, or not. And those things we will have to work through as we go through the toll gates on the other side of the 
So let your light shine before men. Let them see your good deeds and how that reflects who you really are. The love of Christ. Have a blessed day. Glory to Christ our Lord, glory to you.